On this week's The Koi Gig Podcast, we had an exclusive interview with Manchester United's owner, Barrier. With those crowds and that pressure, I just love it. Listen now and make sure you subscribe to The Koi Gig Podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Some of these critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you, you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Larry Burr, how are you? How you doing, lads? Are you well? Yeah, what's the crack? It's all coming oh, up well, awfully. I don't know. Is it though? I mean, it all, obviously two massive finals coming up, but they have to be won now. This says that's what Leo O'Connor was saying after the under 20s won the Leinster final last week against Wexford. And they've got the John McDonough Cup final against Carlo, where I think they'll play a very different team to the one that they lined out in the last round of the group stages. And that's a chance to go back up to the Leinster Championship for Offaly for the first time since 2018. And then they've got a chance to complete the set. They've never won the under 21 slash under 20 grade. They've won the minor and the All-Ireland Senior in the past but they've got that opportunity with a team who are probably well ahead of schedule at this stage Jared. this is 15 of the minor team from last year who are wow. involved in the panel <laughs> who've still got two more years after this year at under 20 levels so um, definitely there's a feeling that they've done extremely well they would have been expected maybe to contest uh, in Leinster but to come from tier 2 in the Leinster Championship at the start to win Leinster last week and then get to an All-Ireland final is remarkable. And I think the ticket sales are already going really well for the four counties ahead of what's now going to be a double header at Semple Stadium, the minor and the under-20 final on the Sunday at the Bank Holiday, which should be a great day for hurling as well. Yeah, that, that is great. Um, so, like, obviously, <laughs> obviously the county board chairman is such a messianic figure that he's getting a, a lot of praise. But um, there was obviously work going on before he arrived, and he's kind of really helped to empower everybody who's involved in underage hurling and football so while Dighton gets a good bit of the credit there was obviously something happening you know because they started winning straight away when he got there and obviously some work had been done before he got there so what else is happening Will? Yeah, I mean, look, to give Michael Dignan credit as well, because people will say, look, obviously the previous regime had to have the building blocks in place before he came in, and now he's uh, reaping all of that work at this stage. He was heavily involved on the fundraising committee for the Faithful Fields, which has been seen as a real cornerstone on this. There's now a, a training centre which has allowed standards to be improved, and also for players, just talking to them, to have certainty about it. Because up until now, uh, many of the teams were having to travel even outside the county for training sessions during the season. Now they've got a base that's as good as any county team has around the country in the faithful fields and then I think you add the feel good factor on top of it as well aside from the fact that there were some very good players coming through and the previous regime had appointed some of the managers that were in place at the start of this successful period in both football and hurling uh, but you have to take into account the kind of feel good factor of things like the Shane Lowry sponsorship the Glenisk sponsorship um, all those kind of bits and pieces and the high standards that the, have been driven along the way even to the point that last week Leo O'Connor the under 20 manager was making the point that the county board and Michael Dignan had arranged for a Garda escort from Port Leash to Carlow to ensure that they were there in time for the warm-up and that there was no possibility that they were going to be stuck in a bus in traffic trying to get to the match. It's those kind of little details and it's not just Michael Dignan but it's the current administration that are there um, that have put those things in place that have actually helped Offaly to climb back up the ladder a little bit. I would say particularly when it comes to hurling though you have to be 
fair in saying that they probably were below their level a little bit when they went to the Christie Ring originally to have won that to try and now get out of the Joe McDonough they won Division 2A of the league twice but didn't stay up in Division 1 the year that they were up there last in the football they did get to Division 2 but were relegated back down to Division 3 I think the key is now if they're to get some of those achievements of the last three seasons say to get up in the top two flights in the football or to get back into Division 1 which they will be next year in the league the trick now is to actually stay there and not become a yo-yo team so uh, plenty of progress but probably still plenty more to do as well can't help but get a little bit excited about the style of play of this under 20 team though um, they play really really nice hurling very progressive hurling and look everyone's hyping Adam Screeny at this stage and the kid at what just turned 18 years of age seems to have no problem about the pressure that's put around him as well um, a lot of people were marvelling at the scores that he hit down in Dr Cullen Park against Wexford last week he has the, the skills to pay the bills Jar. Yeah, don't be having the kids though too early in GA. No. It's a bit trickier than it is in, in <laughs> soccer. Um, one last thing about the the senior team. Um, am I right in saying that they had to beat Kildare in the league final to get the promotion? Like their two seasons have diverged so spectacularly that like it's such a tenuous thing, you know. Like here you are looking up, Kildare looking down, and we can see this in the power rankings. But um, that turned out to be an absolutely massive sliding doors moment this season. I agree. I mean, I think 10 or 12 minutes into the game, Kildare looked really impressive in that league final in Amore Park. And you're thinking this is the possibility that Kildare are going to go to Division 1 hurling for next season. And then Offaly kind of just slowly but surely wrestled control during the game. And I think uh, one of the key players in that match was Keelan Kiley, who has come back. He's recovered from a concussion after the Kerry game. And I believe he's going to be available to play in the Joe McDonough Cup final on Saturday evening, which is good for Offaly. I think Owen Cal is also going to be past fit to play. So their two most important players will be around this time. And they've really been the cornerstone of the success that the senior team have had this year in the league. Uh, Owen Cal scored and Keelan Kiley just kind of driving things from a bit further back down the field. So that win against Kildare certainly seems to have taken the air out of their season entirely. Kildare had such a disappointing campaign in the Joe McDonough. To be relegated back to the Christie ring is a huge disappointment. To go from, as you say, a couple of months ago, genuinely looking at going up to the top table of hurling in the league to now dropping down to the third flight is so, so disappointing for Kildare. OK, let's get into the power rankings. Uh, the... Uh, last page, Meath 18, Kildare 17, Down 16, Kerry 15, Leash 14, Down 1, Offaly 13, Down 1. Why are they Down 1? What's there? Is there uh, I, think you have to, I think you have to respect Carlo's form. Now, I know Carlo were playing against an Offaly team which was heavily weakened in the last round. Carlo scored 31 points on average per game in the Joe McDonough so far Jeez. this year. They drew against Kerry and against Leash. They've beaten Offaly and then they put big score lines up on everyone else. So, uh, Carlo were coming into this final on Saturday afternoon in really good form. And I think they probably should be considered the narrow favourites based on the form they've shown the last four or five weeks. All right, you've got um, Carlo ahead of Offaly. This is there's nothing. You're not Yara in a way. Anything here? Are you, no, no, I, I don't. Know? I don't think there's any Yara there. I, I'd be the first one to say you can't read a huge amount into the game where Carlo were comfortable winners, but Offaly had I think only four of the starters from the okay. week before against Kerry. So you you have to take that into account, but you also have to respect Carlo's form. We're going to just go through this, then we'll come back to it. Antrim are eleven, Westmeath are ten, Wexford are nine, Dublin are eight. Waterford are seven. So Wexford, despite the fact they're beaten by Westmeath, are still ahead of them. Ah, yeah, but I think Westmeath getting a jump in the table respects what they did in the second half of that game at the weekend. I was working it and I just couldn't believe. Halftime, you're just thinking 16 points. It was 17 points just before halftime. This is dead. 
at this stage, Wexford are already probably putting one eye in. Maybe that was part of it, about trying to uh, ambush Kilkenny next week and still qualify for the All-Ireland series. And then Westmead win that second half by four goals and 13 points to five points, which is just unbelievable, really. And like Niall Mitchell, I believe at this is he's just come back from knee surgery, so he's far from fit. Now, normally he would start in the half-forward line, but also Westmead without two of their best players in Angus Clark and also Killian Doyle, their captain, their all-star nominee from last year. He's not available, so they went very simple tactics for the last 10 or 15 minutes. Niall Mitchell, bring him on, stick him in around the square, and everyone, I think, probably saw the Sunday game, saw what he could do. They got long ball into him, they decided to go remarkably direct, and he somehow pulled the ball into the ice. That'll be the big disappointment for Wexford. It wasn't like they were beaten by two stunning goals towards the end of the game. There were two goals that probably should have been defended. But it puts Westmead in a very good position for a third successive year in the Liam McCarthy. And as we know earlier this year, despite some of the hammerings they took in Division 1A, they still managed to put a performance in against Leash to stay in Division 1 of the Hurling League. So this is sustained for Westmead. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of counties, maybe even his native county Wexford, who'll be looking at Joe Fortune at this stage and the job he's done with Westmead. Because to manufacture staying up with the injuries that they've had this year would be a remarkable achievement I would say it's definitely above even winning the Joe McDonough a couple of years ago Was there any hope before the match Will within Westmeath do you think that a result like this was close for Westmeath or was it, was it obviously the hope was gone at half time from their minds but um, pre-game was there any hope in Westmeath well, I, th- I think the feeling from talking to some of the players was they drew with Wexford last year in Mullingar. So there was that feeling that if they were going to uh, give a bloody nose to one of the top teams in Leinster, it probably wasn't going to be against Galway or Kilkenny. But still, it was a huge ask uh, to go to Wexford Park. Westmeath hadn't beaten Wexford in the championship since 1940. Like, I would put last Sunday down as the best result that Westmeath have ever had at senior hurling. And you add in the fact it's the biggest championship comeback of all time, adds that little bit of a cherry on top for the it's comeback too. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like you kind of thought when Conor McDonald put in the two goals, you're thinking, Wexford are going to put up a huge scoreline yeah. here and they had raced to two goals and 13 points within the game I didn't see it our commentary team when I was going back to them at half time were almost groaning thinking oh this could be a 20 point defeat with the way things have gone but they rallied hugely in that second half and it makes the relegation situation going into this weekend particularly interesting obviously there's been a lot of commentary about what would happen if Wexford were to go to the John McDonough Wexford will still stay up if they draw because they would finish ahead of Antrim on head to head if that was to happen but if Wexford were to be beaten by Kilkenny it's very, very possible that Antrim beat Westmead in Mullingar. If that happens, Wexford are going into the Joe McDonough for next year, yeah. which I don't think anyone who watched them in an All-Ireland semi-final lads against Tipperary in 2019 would have thought that four years later Wexford would be battling on the last day just to stay at All-Ireland level. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, um, there's a piece in the Indo today... Uh, I, uh, I don't have it in front of me. But um, they're just making the point that... This shouldn't be the case. Like you can't have Wexford dropping down. They've had an injury crisis, and really, it's not like that. Surely, this is not the whole point of this. Well, are you saying then that relegation should be put off? Like, what about teams who've been relegated in the last few years, like Lee Shoffley, Westmead, Carlo, Antrim, Kerry? Martin Brownie says it's ridiculous. Um, because ridiculous I, I, why though? Because, because it's, of Wexford's history. I think specifically, it's a, it's an injury crisis. This isn't that the the whole the game's gone in Wexford and. You know they're not doing an awfully. That's European. That's Super League stuff. Keeping keeping Wexford in just because they're just because they're Wexford. Yeah, but uh, we we on this very slot many times we're talking circumstances. We've, well, we've spoken lads about the fact that there has to be 
a pathway for teams to try and close the gap with the top. So if we get to a point where there's protectionism, which there already is in the Munster Championship where there's no relegation, if we get to a point where Leinster doesn't have relegation just because Wexford have fallen into trouble in one season, does that not rip away the entire integrity of the competition? Well, it certainly there needs to be a plan made somehow to uh, fix this. Um, it does feel like there's lip service paid to promoting hurling in the counties outside the top tier anyway. But look, we have five minutes left and we haven't even got the first page here. I know, but hurling is promoted ridiculously strongly in Wexford. If it is a case of just one bad season and we take the injuries they've had and right down the spine of their team, they have had a lot of injuries, Wexford will surely go to the Joe McDonough next season and will come straight back up. Yeah. What if, like, next season is the last season that we get to see all their great players play one great season and, like, they don't even get the opportunity to compete? Well, then they have to rebuild. They were in a Leinster under-20 final only last week. So if it means that new players have to come in to replace that old blood, if it means okay. they have to have a change of management, so be it. Cry me a river, says Larry Burr. Cry me a river. An <laughs> awfully shaped river all the I've way watched, down. I've watched this happen, lads. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Die the Slaney. Listen, uh, page one, right? Yeah. Uh, so Waterford haven't moved. I think Waterford are actually below Dublin at this stage, given that like Dublin are going to be still in the All-Ireland uh, series, more than likely. I, did, I did consider that and in fairness to Dublin this has been a good first campaign under Hall as well to be assured yeah. going into the last weekend that they're in the All-Ireland series at the very least they can have a shot at Galway this weekend and if they beat Galway they could go to a Leinster final so I you think this You might be the been... highest person on Waterford in the country at the moment mm, Are you just trying to yeah. balance out scale? I don't know about that. Like, there's even a few people who are trying to claim in our live stream in the hurling pot at the weekend, you know. And this seems to be the idea. Maybe Davy's got a plan for Tipperary this weekend. Maybe Waterford have a kick, even though they have nothing to play for. But how low can you can't put Waterford any lower than just below Dublin? Like, the, below yeah, Dublin, I, I think fine. I think eighth would be would be fair. We did yeah. consider because we kind of consulted on this within the group as to where we were going to put them. We did consider putting them to eighth. I think once Dublin go through to the All Ireland series, next power rankings is a good chance. Of is this is this the consensus rankings from the hurling pod? Have we? Absolutely this. not. There was no consensus to be found because uh, Scahill again fumed about the fact that Galway are sitting in fifth, despite the fact they've gone up uh, just after beating Antrim in the last round, who they would have been expected to beat. And Murphy was making an argument for Kilkenny still being in second. So, okay. So Limerick are there was, one. There was consulting a little bit. Limerick are one. Clare are two. Kilkenny are three. Tip are four. Galway are five. And Cork are six. Cork are down two. So you think Cork are going out mm. this weekend? I do. I can't see Cork beating Limerick at the weekend. It's unfortunate because Cork have been really entertaining in the championship so far, and this is a good Cork team. But this is the cutthroat nature of the Munster Championship, where at least one good team was going to miss out in a place in the All Ireland series. And I think Limerick are going through in third, and both Carlo and Offaly won't want to draw them in a preliminary quarter final. Limerick will remember that in 2018, lads, they came through from this position, third in Munster, won the All Ireland Championship. And they could potentially do that again, um, despite the fact that obviously they haven't performed to the standard that maybe we would have expected at the start of the championship. I still think Limerick will have enough for Cork this weekend. And that's harsh on Cork, who've drawn against a very good Tipperary team, were within a puck of a ball against Clare at the weekend. But importantly, I think Clare were actually, should have won by a bigger margin than just that long Dermot Ryan point. I thought Clare were very much in control in the second and third quarter of that game. They'd be disappointed with some of the goals they conceded against Cork. I think, unfortunately for Cork, who I bet a good fancy for going into championship to qualify they're going out this weekend right, Claire have gone up one as you said uh, Will from third to second but are, are they unlucky not to be top of the pile at the moment I know Limerick of course everyone still expects to, to go on and maybe lift Liam McCarthy but I mean on form on very recent form Claire could be number one 
Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think uh, first and second are as close as they've been since the Munster final last year. Clare's record in the Munster Championship round robin is intimidating. They've played 16 games and won 11 of them. Um, they're ahead of even Limerick over the course of the four round robins. The next step for Clare is to build on that and win a piece of silverware, whether that be the Munster Championship in a few weeks' time. They're qualified for the final. They've got the last weekend off to put their feet up, have a look at the opposition around them. Looks like there's a strong chance that Tipperary will qualify for the final and Liam Cattle is going to be suspended, not just from the sideline for that Munster final, but from preparing the Tipperary team for the four weeks to come. So we'll see what impact that has. I don't know how that's pleased. I'm not sure when Dan Shannon got a similar ban for Leash a few weeks ago that was pleased that he couldn't be at trainings and so on. But if Liam Cal doesn't win his appeal against that suspension, it means that Tipperary will be without their manager for a possible Munster final. Clare came so close to winning the Munster Championship final last year. They would love to get that silverware, go directly on a path to an All-Ireland semi-final and potentially avoid Tipperary uh, further on within the championship as well. I think Kilkenny in third, it's just the fact that they're motoring along. Again, they kept Dublin at arm's length at the weekend. They're pretty much through to a Leinster final and they've got the chance, and Paul Murphy was keen to point this out, to bury Wexford at the weekend. And he thinks that's enough motivation for Kilkenny to go for the win. Wow, that is... Wow. Well, Wexford have won a couple of games against them recently, Ger. Recently? They've won about two in a hundred years, it feels like. And that is like saying the quiet bit out loud. Wow. Oh, yeah. But I had to press him on it on the live show at the weekend. It was, will Kilkenny have the motivation to beat Wexford, even if Kilkenny know they're pretty much into a Leinster final? It would take a huge mathematical change in scoring for them not to qualify. And he said, this is a chance to put Wexford down. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. One last thing for you. Uh, Yeah. Kilkenny's path to the All-Ireland now is more than likely going to feature Limerick in a semi-final if they get over Galway in the Leinster final. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a strong possibility. It takes away that certainty that you would have had in the last few years where Limerick were winning Munster championships. If you knew you won Leinster, you go the other side of the draw. Limerick aren't an issue until you get to an All-Ireland final. Uh, this time around, though, because Limerick will go into the preliminary quarterfinals, they can go back into your stream again. So for Kilkenny, the benefit of winning the Leinster championship will be to avoid Clare or Tipperary. But I think winning your provincial still has the big advantage of going directly to a semi-final. I think we saw the freshness for both Kilkenny and Limerick was important in the semis last year. Clare definitely looked like the tank had been emptied in their run to an All-Ireland semi-final. So I think even if it means that Limerick are a potential opponent, if Limerick come through the longer path, you'd still prefer to be straight into a semi-final, I think. Is it guaranteed that the losers of the... No, it's not guaranteed. Nothing's basically guaranteed except that the Leinster will play... Uh, the third place team in Munster the Le- beaten Leinster fi- am I right about that am I mixing that up no so the the third team in Munster and the third team in Leinster will be drawn against one of the two Joe McDonough winners in a preliminary quarter final I'm not sure exactly how the quarter final shape up after that but we have to wait to see the draw to see which side they're going to go ok alright well good stuff thanks a million Enjoyed it. Thanks, lads. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.